And, and you'd, you'd, you'd explore. I mean, yeah. we, we would always, I remember in the beginning, we would just take bus routes. Okay, like, here's where the 14 goes to bring you to, you know, so you'd be riding on Mission Street, number one. There's so much traffic. And number two, you're going, what am I doing riding all these hills? And you, you know, you move over a block, and then you move over another block, and you move over another block, and you go, this is a little bit flatter. That was entertainment lawyer Michael Axon. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. Every week on the podcast, we feature musicians, photographers, lawyers, artists, and other San Franciscans talking about living, working, and doing their thing here. It's a way to get to know your neighbors. Just a quick reminder that the day this podcast first airs, June 5th, 2018, is Election Day in San Francisco. Among other state and local issues we're voting on is who will be the next mayor of the city. Please remember to vote if you haven't already. Welcome to episode 32, part one. I met Michael chasing down a dream storyteller for this podcast, and he and I hit it off right away. At breakfast in April, I learned about Michael's upbringing in the Bayview, which he'll talk about on the podcast. He'll also tell stories from his childhood about getting around town on Muni and his bicycle well before there were bike lanes. Here's Michael. Well, the, the International Hotel, I, I remember very little about. Okay. We, we just, it, it definitely was, I, I, I don't even know, you know, it's, it's too long ago for my parents to have even, we didn't even talk about why we ended up there. But it, as I've come to find out, um, it was almost like the Ellis Island for Filipinos in San Francisco. And my, my father came here in the 30s. He was 17 when he came from the Philippines. So he came here. So that would have been 1931. Wow. He came here from the Philippines. And um, as a matter of fact, when they were building AT&T Park, he was in the process of dying at that point. Mm-hmm. So we were trying to do everything to kind of you know, you're, you have an you have an aging parent. You're trying to help him along and squeeze every month you can get. And I remember bringing him down when they were building the stadium. And uh, even more important than the stadium, he just he pointed to the piers and he says, "That's where I landed when I came to America." Oh wow! And it was such. <laughs> Forget a stadium, yeah. and that that was that just brought pause. Yeah. Right? I landed in America right there, and uh, and I've been on a on a mission ever since to actually try to find out what boat he came on. I actually, right. I have a we have a nephew who's a lieutenant in the Coast Guard, yeah. and he's helping me on this project nice. now. Uh, but you know, we're 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 literally trying to track down some boat yeah. from a little town in the Philippines. Do you think it came to the ferry building, or it must have been the ferry building? But I, you know, I, he he knew it was here. Yeah, I mean, he he knew that's where he got dropped off. But but what a, I guess it was the gold rush, right? I mean, you you come to America. Yeah, you know, like, like that's what you do. So well, and especially coming from from Asia. Yeah. This, this Seattle, I guess Long Beach has a port. Yeah. But there's not a lot of, it's a big coast and there's not a lot of yeah. big entries by sea. So Yeah. 
But but I so Dad bounced around in the thirties and up until the war in the forties. So he bounced around a lot, and you meet a lot of Filipinos, and I guess that was one of the things that you kind of got to know, that if you ever bring your family to San Francisco, particularly, then make sure you go to the International Hotel, and that's what we did. So he was stationed here in 1960, and um, and I verified this. I talked to an older my older brother, and, and he said, yeah, I, I kind of remember that, too. I was little. I was just turned... Four, he just turned six, so we we really didn't know what was going on that much, but but we both distinctly remember landing there and spending a couple of times there before moving into the this naval housing. Uh, I've since learned a little bit more about the International Hotel. I was going to ask yeah. if you if you could share that with. Yeah, I mean, when I was in the seventies, I mean, when I was when I was going to law school in the seventies, that's when the International Hotel was. Uh, it, was, it was going to be torn down, which it eventually was. But but there was a lot of um, there were a lot of protests going on. But at the time, it's at, at the time, and this is me kind of refinding a lot of where I came from and what my roots are. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, what we were really taught to do by my parents was to assimilate. So there's there's a lot of leaving leaving the Philippines behind, which is literally what they did. You mm-hmm. left the Philippines behind. You're now an Amer- American citizen. Mm-hmm. That's what my dad did. I mean, when, when this opportunity came up with the war, the Filipinos were given a chance to fight against the Japanese, and in exchange for doing that, you could be become an American citizen. Mm-hmm. So there's a real emphasis for my brothers and I to, to assimilate, which is what I did. Right. And um, so I'm retracing steps now, which is kind of fun. But I'm finding out about the, the International Hotel. And during that time, I didn't participate. Uh, there, there In the protests? Yeah, there okay. were protests going on. People were linking hands, wrapping themselves literally around the, the hotel so it wouldn't be torn down. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did happen. Mm-hmm. and uh, But now it's, uh, it's a cultural center. I actually just met the, one of the curators for the cultural center recently. So it's all coming back to me now. And it's... As a matter of fact, our, our family's going to get together and we're going to take a tour together oh, as nice. a family. Nice. Yeah. And, and we, we have extended family here. I, 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 there were four of us. One of my brothers has since passed away. But my other two brothers still live in the Bay Area. And we, have, we each have a bunch of kids. So total 11 of us. And we're all going to go back and see it together. So nice. it should be a lot of fun. We used to live... We, we started out. So we... We arrived like a lot of Filipinos do. Our first stop coming to San Francisco was the International Hotel downtown. And uh, since my dad was still in the Navy at the time, we moved to the projects off of Navy Road. So we lived up there in the uh, public housing, which was still naval housing. It was really kind of interesting. They, these were houses that were, or houses, they were apartments that were uh, as I come to understand, built to last the duration of World War II, right, which ended in you know, <laughs> a long time ago. Yes, and uh, back in the '40s, and we were living, we were moving in in the '60s. So you can imagine what the uh, living there was like. And uh, then we moved from there. And parents bought a house in the Bayview, which our family still owns, uh, and that was just a just the most eclectic place to grow up. 
we lived across from the the Dimate farm, which is, uh, as I understood, one of the last, if not the last farm in San Francisco, which was directly over the train, uh, a train tunnel. So having, it was, it was an interesting childhood, growing up across the street from a farm, living in an urban area and being woken up by roosters every morning and hearing animal sounds. And it didn't dawn on me how out of context that was for most people who grew up in the city. It was just your reality. It was just our reality. And what animals besides chickens? Oh, gosh. They had chickens and they had dogs. Uh, what I remember the most were the roosters, you know, a rooster or roosters and chickens. That's what I heard the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they had any cows there. Mm-hmm. Dogs and chickens. Yeah, I mean, you can look right across the street at the farm, and, and it's now a community farm. So it's really interesting to see that it's come full circle, mm-hmm. that there are now community farms in the area, and, and that's where one of them is. It's, con- it's, it's still relatively vacant. I mean, it's, it's still farmland because it's, it's, um, there has been some building on it, but, but not a lot. There was a farmhouse, and we, we lived across the street from the, ha- the farmhouse. Did you know the family? We did, um, but you know, they, because they were farmhands, they'd, they'd switch in. People would switch in and out. Um, but there was just one family that we lived there. We got to know one of the kids when he was growing up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Warm, warm memories. Oh, yeah. I, I, took, the mu- I took Muni and... Yeah. I, I, I took Muni two ways. And it's, it's, it's a little bit about me going to school and just kind of living life. Um, I tell people this often. Music saved my life. This same brother went to Lowell High School, played in the orchestra. I was being raised playing French horn. Um, and, and I remember listening to a recording that the Lowell High School Orchestra did and I thought that's amazing this is this high school orchestra and they made a recording so I wanted to go to school there not knowing that it was a pretty prestigious um, prep school but I did everything that I needed to do which was get good grades to go to school there because for the sole purpose of playing in an orchestra so catching the 15 bus you had to catch it I remember you had to catch a 15. That was the 3rd Street bus, yeah. right? Okay. The 15th, 3rd, and Kearney. Yeah, and you have to say it all in one word. You don't just say that. Some people just said the 15, but usually you said 15th, 3rd, and Kearney. Kearney. So you got the 15th, 3rd, and Kearney, which then would bring you to the K, and then the K would bring you all the way out by what, you know, Stonestown in the zoo. Right. That's where Lowell High School is. But the so bus... You went, you went north and then... Yeah, you would... And then back out southwest. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly it. You had, well, no, you had to go... You went... It went south. So, oh, okay. So when you took the 15th, 3rd, and Kearney south... Got it. You would go through all these different neighborhoods. So you would go from the Bayview where we are. So now you're in Bayview. And then they would go out toward um, a Filipino pocket mm-hmm. called Little Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Out there by Arlita. It would go back around there... 
So it's and, and you just see different kids getting on the bus, and so you just knew that here's where a lot of Filipinos live. They'd get on the bus there. Then you'd swing around by Geneva, and then mm-hmm. a bunch of kids who were Hispanic would get on there. Mm-hmm. Then you'd swing around, and then everybody would let off by the first McDonald's in San Francisco on um, Ocean Avenue. So that's okay. where you transfer buses. So you get to the Ocean Avenue, and then you'd have this real mix because now you had kids going to the Catholic school at Reardon High School, mm-hmm. kids going to City College, uh, and then transferring to these other schools, Balboa, uh, Lowell High School, Lincoln High School. They would all transfer theirs. But it was this amazing, diverse trip. And then, yeah. and then we'd World's go colliding. Oh, it's, it was, but, but nice, you know? Yeah. It, it was a, just a wonderful world colliding. But then if you took the 15, 3rd and Kearney going the other way, actually toward 3rd and Kearney to go downtown, it would be a whole different cultural experience. So you yeah. jump on the train or on, jump on the bus, and then you go through the Potrero. Um, then you get a lot of kids from the Potrero projects getting on, and then you go a little bit further, and you know, you'd go by where we are now. You know, now we're, we're here at the ramp, so you get people who are from Mariposa. Um, and then you would get Chinese women getting onto the bus occasionally, and then they would all get off at the same spot because there were sweatshops on the way downtown, and you could see mm. that all the Chinese women who were going to work in, you know, essentially the San Francisco garment district, they'd all get off at the same shop. Was that in Soma, South Market? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Like Soma toward downtown. Then you get this whole bunch of new people who would jump or get on board just briefly and then get off at the financial district. But once you got past the financial district, then from there on out, you would get tourists. Right. So it was just the 15 was one of the most amazing bus rides yeah. on earth. And the other thing that I did, but what I started to do, because the bus wasn't fast enough and it wasn't as fun enough, um, my best friend and I, Marcos Estevez, Marcos and I uh, were, were two of the... I'd like to think of the, the early bicycle adopters and and uh, uh, almost bicycle radicals. Yeah. So we rode our bicycles everywhere. So we 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 knew every flat route in San Francisco. We could have planned what San Francisco is today. And no bike lanes, kids. <laughs> oh, there was nothing. Yeah. There was no 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 bike helmets, no bike lanes. Just two wheels and yeah, some just gears. two wheels. We would we would strap. He he played saxophone. I'd play French horn. We'd we'd strap our instruments onto nice. the back of our bicycles and nice. ride across town. We'd ride to Lowell. We would ride to Mission High School to play in a band there. Uh, but we rode everywhere, and I remember. Um, gosh, I remember riding to with him to Marin County. That was the first time I saw houses outside of San Francisco. His sister lived in Terra Linda. Mm-hmm. And I remember we rode, and it was a long ride. I mean, maybe 30 miles. Over the we'd, bridge. We'd have to get across the city, over the bridge. Then we got over to Terra Linda. And the first time we rode there, it, I had never seen separated houses before. Our house was smack up against the right. next house. And so, so there were only, yeah, I, I, the concept of separated houses, much less swimming pools. But I remember getting there, and I got turned on to that, the, the whole idea of just the freedom of riding across the bridge. And then I remember Mark had a 
girlfriend who was going to school at Cal. Now we're, now we're this this went on for a while, but he had a girlfriend that was going to school at Cal, and uh, you couldn't take you couldn't put bicycle on BART. You couldn't ride across. I think there was a shuttle that could allow you to bring a hmm. bicycle across hmm. one of the bridges. Okay. North. I mean, when I'm talking about east to west. Right. And then I remember um, we had this grand scheme of trying to shut down the Bay Bridge together and on your it, bikes. On our bikes. <laughs> and uh, and then one day he found the opportunity. Took took his well, he took his life into his own hands, but he yeah. took the matters into his own hands. <laughs> And he took his bicycle across the uh, San Rafael Richmond Bridge. Whoa, that's a long, bridge. it's a long haul. And uh, got stopped by, got stopped, got arrested, got a ticket. Yeah, we went to court. Whoa, we won a moral victory. But but you know how you look at San Francisco now? It's like years later. It's, it's one of the most friendly bicycle towns, and I sure would like to think we had a little bit of part of that. We recorded this episode at The Ramp in May 2018. Music for the podcast is by Joe Bigale. Film photography for this episode is by Michelle Kilfeather. Michelle's got another photo show, and the opening will be this Thursday, June 7th, at the Aspect Framing Gallery as part of this month's Tenderloin Art Walk. Please follow Storied San Francisco on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of our episodes and Michelle's photos of storytellers are up on our website, storiedsf.com If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show. You can reach us by email at storiedsf at gmail.com Thanks for listening. Check back Thursday for part two when we'll hear more stories and thoughts about music in San Francisco from Michael Axon. Mm-hmm.